Hello and welcome to Running Inside Out Podcast, where we talk about the races we ran in, the races we're not in, and getting outside to see what's going on inside the Rochester running scene. In this episode, we talk with Sheila Egan, who is fresh off her awesome run at the Virgil Crest Ultras 50 miler. Sheila shares with us the story of how she got the way she is. And by that, I mean um, how she went from a person who thought people only ran to train for other sports to someone who smiled the whole time while she ran for 13 hours on one of the area's toughest courses. Along the way, she shares her love of bagels, spending time on the trails, and running hills. Uh, Being the giver that she is, Sheila also provides a number of public service announcements for people that are thinking about emulating her path to success. These are very valuable PSAs, folks, so listen up. But before we get into it with Sheila, we have a little bit of catching up to do. It's been a little bit uh, since our last episode, and uh, I sincerely hope that Mr. Bertrand and episode 13 kept you thoroughly entertained during that time. Now, this isn't a news show, as as uh, as we know. I, I couldn't possibly cover all the news, but um, I'd be silly not to mention at least a few of the events um, that happened during the crazy month of September. So uh, the Rochester Half and Full Marathon happened on a, a brand spanking new course. Kip Tissia won that uh, marathon, which is his way, um, but... The day previous to that, he also won the Mighty Niagara Half Marathon. So, heck of a weekend uh, by Kip, and uh, huge congrats to him. That same weekend uh, was also the Virgil Crest Ultras, which we'll hear about uh, from Sheila, uh, which is put on by Red Newt Racing and Mr. Ian Golden. I wanted to point out um, a quick little shout-out to Scotty Jacobs, who finished in a really strong third place in just over 25 hours. Now, this is after finishing second at Twisted Branch, 100K, only 23 days earlier. So I I think it goes without saying that Scotty knows how to get it done, recover, and and get it done again. So big props to him and his team for two uh, real amazing performances. Then, hot on the heels of that, uh, was the Wine Glass Half and Full Marathon, which had a large number of Rochester runners. And uh, I hope to have a few Wine Glass participants on an upcoming show. So, more on that later. Um, and so, what else? Uh, there's, there's even more. Um, Trails Rock had the Ready, Set, Glow race. Unfortunately, our contest winner, Emily, um, couldn't run due to a hip injury. So, we're... Obviously wishing her a a speedy recovery, and uh, hopefully she'll be able to get back out and moving around pretty soon. In her stead, uh, we went live and on the scene um, and got some thoughts from some of the runners right after they finished the Ready, Set, Glow race. So you'll get some live field reporting, which is a first for us on this show. Uh, Hope that's entertaining. So it seems everyone's been mighty busy during the month of September, so I didn't do a whole lot of recording, but uh, I took some time and started gussying up the website a little bit and spent some time reading through some feedback and poking and pulling some friends about uh, potential improvements to the site. So we'll hear about more of those uh, after our interview with Sheila. And that's it for the news. Well, 
it, except for that part that I said we'll talk about after we listen to our conversation with Sheila. Um, but anyways, with that, let's get into the trails, training, food, friends, and yes, even feelings of Rochester, New York runners. I have no questions for you, so we kind of, we'll, just figure, gonna... we'll figure this out as we go along. Sweet. Okay, um, so we'll start present day, and maybe we'll work backwards a little bit. Sure. And then we'll come back to present day. Sure. Um, so we're going to tell the story of how you um, got to be a... Uh, a member of Trails Rock Board, mm-hmm. who runs trail runs, group runs with people, who's a badass ultra runner, <laughs> and um, ends up with married to Eric Egan. So, I but, mean, that's my real claim to fame is that I'm married to Eric Egan. <laughs> hell no! Hell no! If anything, that's a strike against me. <laughs> I have to do a lot of cool things. <laughs> right. So, so leading up to that, did you ever think like, um, you're going to, were you like a person that was born with a love for running in the mountains? Was that like (laughs) your thing? No, not at all. Um, I growing up played soccer. I loved soccer. It was my whole life. So I played year round. Um, I did not understand why people ran quote, just to run. Um, to me, that was bizarre. Give me a soccer ball to chase around. I'll chase it all day long. I just could not fathom people who would just go out and run. Um, so I was playing year-round soccer, and there was a little period of time in the spring when there was no soccer league happening, and I was concerned that I was going to get out of shape, so I joined the track team. Huh. I don't know why, because I you hated running. I hated running. Um, but I was like, well, this is going to be a good way to stay in shape for soccer. Mm-hmm. And so I joined the track team and the first day they said, well, are you a sprinter or a distance runner? I don't even know what that means. What is the difference? Oh, how and far? <laughs> so they said, I don't know. The distance runners do maybe like a five mile run during practice. And I said, five miles, I'm a sprinter. <laughs> <laughs> Which is hilarious now looking back, Um, but I had no idea. I'm also not fast, so it's funny that I would decide to be a sprinter. Um, And I just remember there was a road between our high school and middle school and the elementary school, and that was where we would do our practice workouts. And I have no idea what we were supposed to do, but I would just go out and run back and forth, back and forth, and everyone else would run one way and then walk back, all the other sprinters. Um, and so the first track meet, the coach was talking about the races that everybody was going to run. And I was running the 400, which meant nothing to me. I had no idea what that meant. Um, and after a miserable 400 meter race, the girls on the team, I was like, why would anybody have said that I should run 400? And they were like, well, you are the only one on the team that could run 400 like consecutively, basically. And I was like, that was the worst experience of my life. I never want to do that again. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, so track didn't go so great, but I, I did it for two or three seasons before I realized that, like, a couple of weeks right, of so not you, running was... So you ran a miserable 400. Yeah. And you went back. And I went back. And then you went back again. Oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. So something was working, right? Clearly, there's something wrong with me. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I realized that 
I was okay. If I didn't run for a couple of weeks here or there, I was not going to lose that much fitness. So I just decided not to do track anymore, which looking back, I never should have been on the sprinting team. I should have definitely been on a distance team because I was the kid on the soccer team who didn't need to come out for a sub. I played midfield. Um, for a lot of years, I played midfield just because I could go back and forth, back and forth. Well, and a lot of, a lot of, I, I played, um, high school soccer for a couple of years and a lot of the stats would say that a professional soccer player can run five miles during a game. Right. So to think that, you know, five miles is too much. Five miles is scary. Yeah. Right. But in your head, like that sounds crazy. Right. Five and miles so, is a lot. So this was your, your freshman year, like you decided so, in middle in middle school. Okay. So they had year-round soccer, or were you doing, like, travel leagues? Yeah, travel time? leagues. Wow. Yeah, so I played for the school team, and then I played wow. different and then leagues. And then you gave that all up for a career in the 400, right? That was, I was like, I'm a 400-meter runner. Meters? Yards? I don't even know. That's how much I love track. I, do you run meters or yards? You're the meters. track guy. Meters. meters. Four, it is meters. It would be a 440. Oh, okay, thank you. Eric, Eric is here, folks, in, just in, in case anybody wondered. He's here. In case, in case we need to consult Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the computer pulled up. We're good to go. Trackopedia. Trackopedia. Good. Perfect. So anyways, yeah, no, I, uh, yeah, I'm a 400 meter runner. Okay. So that's that, going well for me. That's fun. All right. Yeah. You're getting shoe deals and all that. <laughs> you have no idea. Everybody wants to sponsor me. I'm so fast. <laughs> yeah, all right. So yeah, so I, um, I quit track and I kept playing soccer and then I graduated and I played intramurals for like a year in college and then I just stopped exercising for the most part like I would go and use the elliptical and read a magazine yeah read a magazine on the elliptical and think that I was really getting a good workout in and that was it for a long time that was my exercise was just like using the elliptical um yeah, for a really long time. College, after college for a couple couple of years. But I met Eric, who was like... The look on your face is priceless. You were like, oh, a couple, a lot of years. And I'm like, oh, God, I'm so lazy. And then, like, <laughs> and then you're like, I met Eric, and all of a sudden you're smiling. At <laughs> it's true love. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I met Eric, and he was working at Nazareth, actually. And he was like, why don't you come and run with me on the track? And I was like, oh, the track. Great. I love the track. <laughs> Please. Did you let's... know I used to run the track in yeah. high school? <laughs> I'm like, this is fantastic. Can we do 400s? <laughs> um, but yeah, no, he was he was like gung-ho. We should run track together. And I was like, I think I like this guy. I don't think I can go to the track because I, I don't, you don't work out with people you like because then you're like sweaty and smelly and gross. Like, why? I'm like, he must not be into me because why would he want to see me like that? That's disgusting. So yeah, so it took some some prodding to get me started running. Okay. And so, but at that point, were you saying things like, you know, was it, was it like, I want to run? So you don't want to run, first off, but now you, so you want to run to hang out with Eric, perhaps? Is that is that a good way to put it? Well, yeah, but I was like, why don't we go like see a movie or get dinner like why do why are we going to the track i'm like let's check out this trail behind naz and i'm like oh yes okay creepy guy (laughs) let's go run around on a trail together and then they find my body (laughs) i've seen that scary movie before (laughs) and so what flipped what flipped that switch then so we i think we're engaged 
we were looking for houses and our our weekend ritual would be on Saturday morning we would go to Brugger's and get bagels and then we would go look at houses. And one morning we're in line at Brugger's and I see a flyer for the Brugger's Bagel 5K. And I open it up, clueless, open it up and I'm like free bagels? I'm not kidding. This is pathetic. Because all the money's being funneled into the house fund. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, oh, free $5 worth of free bagels. Fantastic. <coughs> so Eric's like, yeah, there's usually food after races. Oh, is there really? Tell me more about these races. So I end up signing up. We end up signing up for a Brugger's Bagel 5K. And after we sign up, I'm like, what's a 5K? In my head, like, what's five? And he's like, 3.1 miles. And I almost died. Like, I really actually considered just killing myself. I signed up and they didn't give me any bagels. That's when, do I, when do I get the when, bagels? When do the bagels happen? So, yeah, so I signed up and we bought this house and we started running. And I think I could make it maybe to the end of the street, maybe. And I'm not positive about that. And I don't even know if that's a tenth of a mile before I had to stop. The first time we ran... We st- I stopped at the corner, and he looked at me, and he was like, are you for real? And I was like, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> and it was embarrassing. And I would not run during the day because I didn't want anyone to see me, so we had to go out when it was dusk or dark because then I thought that I was safe from people looking at me and being like, what is wrong with that girl? Why isn't she playing soccer right, right now? Where's her soccer ball? <laughs> this is weird. She has no shin guards on. I don't know what she's doing. So Eric, Eric was your first coach, and uh, he was. So wow, we yeah. So and we, you still run? I still run really far. <laughs> doing something right, or I'm trying to get away from you. I don't know one or the other. <laughs> Chase it down. So wow, that so you you really okay. Uh, we should talk about that race, though. Well, yes, I was, I was just going to say, so we need to have a well, conversation so about that race. A, did you have a training plan, or did you just have, like, I need to be able to run? Yeah, I think we just kind of were. I don't really remember. I don't remember ever having we anything written down. It. Yeah, we just worked up to it slowly. Um, and I think I had run, like, two miles maybe at the time leading up to it. I, don't, I hadn't gone three. And I just remember we got to the starting line, and I was feeling all tough. Cause I was going to run a 5k mm-hmm. and I look over, we lined up pretty far in the back, you know, be conservative. And I look over and there's like this old guy, like old, old. And I'm like, Eric, I'm like, Wearing do you, singlet and yeah. Split shorts. yeah, like short shorts. And I'm like, check this guy out. I'm like, well, who does this guy think he is? And I'm like, you and, better be careful. Yeah. And Eric was like, stop. And I'm like, I can't stop. I'm like, why well, I should move up. I can't be behind this guy. And he crushed me. <laughs> and when my watch read 3.1 miles, I stopped and Eric said, what are you doing? And I said, I made it 3.1 miles. And he said, we're not at the finish. And I said, that's not my fault. <laughs> and he said, I thought you want bagels. And I said, oh, yes, bagels. <laughs> and we going. finished the race. We must and that on. was the uh, initiation of Cranky Shmi on a Run. Yes, that was that was how Cranky Shmi on a Run started. You got hangry, huh? <laughs> oh, I don't even know. I wasn't hangry. It was just I get cranky You're sometimes. done with that run. Yeah, sometimes when I'm done, I just, I'm done. I haven't been like that in a while, though. But it used to happen a lot. Wow. So then you you finished a run bagel memorable bagel um yes there were bagels everywhere it was bagel heaven 
I thought I had and died. Coupons. And yes, and we had coupons for free bagels, more free bagels at a later date. So it was really, I mean, I think the bagels are what did it. That's what hooked me in. And I've never, uh, for the record, never seen a bagel at a Trails Rock run. Just saying. Really? No. Yeah, they're there. Yeah, they're there. Oh, they them. are there. They're in the bins. I don't see them. Yeah, you got to look closer. Bagels, they, well, they probably won't be at Ready Set Glow, but well, we're doing something a little different. Yeah, but we do have them sometimes. Okay. Yeah, I don't eat bagels very often anymore. Occasionally, it was it was a thing for a while there, though. That all was right. that was how it started. That was how it all started. And I still, to this day, run for food. We'll get to that, though. Yeah. And you, didn't, you didn't marry anybody from the bagel bunch, like no. the oven door runners. No, like... I think they're really fast, right? Yeah, I That's think my so. conception of it. They're also old. They also wear split shorts. Split shorts, and they're fast. They beat me in 5Ks. It's embarrassing. So well, Roger, I dated his daughter. Yes, so that's I true. I also did not marry anyone from the bagel bunch. No, thank you. <laughs> and I found that out on a run around the bay. From and Eric's. Roger. Yeah, Eric's, like, just hanging out with this guy, and then Roger's like, do you know who I am? And I'm like, no. And he's like, oh, Eric used to date my daughter. And I'm like, oh, great. Awesome. Oh, we're ten miles into this run. This really hilly run. This and is then fantastic. we see the occurrence of Cranky Shmiano. Yeah. <laughs> there she was. Get wow. me a bagel, someone. <laughs> it's going to make me feel better. So were you, um, was this uh, love at first finish line after this first 5K? No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I loved it, but I am very competitive with myself. So I finished and I was like, oh, I could definitely do that faster. Like that was not all I had to give. Um, and so I don't even know what my next race was, but there were a whole bunch of five K's that we signed up for and we started running more. Um, we met some cool people um, who were way faster than me. <laughs> so we would meet to run. Eric would go run with like our friend Oliver, Jen, P. Um, they would go run. I would do my own thing. And then we would meet up afterwards and we would go out to dinner or hang out. And it was, it was fun. Like it became kind of a social thing for me. So it wasn't so much like, oh man, I really love running. It was, well, Eric's going, and these people are cool, so I guess I'll go too. Why not? Mm -hmm. um, so that was kind of how it started. Seeing less of your elliptical machine. Yes. Yeah, yes. I was like, well, I guess ellipticals are not so great. And it felt good to be outside mm -hmm. in the fresh air. Um, but it was all roads at that point. Right. I, was n I had never been on a trail to run. We had hiked, but never run. I don't okay. even know if I knew that people ran on trails, actually. Yeah, that's kind of a watershed moment for me one time. Like in Buffalo, you know, we you all know, we don't have a whole lot of trails New. in Buffalo. I When I ran cross country, we ran around Delaware Park. That's where our, our meets were. And um, so I got to college or whatever and uh, went to visit, went up to my friend's house in Vermont. And we go up and we hike Camel's Hump. And, you know, everybody, we're all together on the way up. And then we turn, and, you know, we see the little top, and we're like, ooh, nice view. And I turn to start going down the hill, and they're all gone. And they're just like, <laughs> they're just bombing down the trail. And I'm like, what, people do that? Like, what are they doing? They're going like, to get hurt. I'm like, they are flying. And, I mean, these are some, these are, they're Vermont downhill skiers. Oh. So they're, so they're So like, they have no fear. Yeah, and they know, <laughs> they know the trail, you yeah. know. And so they're just flying down this thing. And I'm like, okay, I'll go a little faster. 
Okay, a little bit faster. <laughs> and uh, I've hiked the Adirondacks and everything, but I had never run them on right. purpose, you know. And uh, On purpose. Yeah. <laughs> well, Sometimes okay. on accident. You get going down the hill a little bit. Your pack's <laughs> a momentum. little bit heavy. Yeah, it just takes you. I understand. <laughs> but yeah, when I first kind of, I was like, oh wait, people run down these things. Right. This is, this is a thing, huh? Okay. Let me look into this. Let me look into this, because I could get to the peaks much faster if I wasn't hiking. <laughs> Yeah, that was a kind of watershed moment for yeah. me. So, um, 5Ks, do you, are you training for 5Ks? Do you think, like, you start picking up, like, training plans, or you're just, I, I can cover three miles now? Yeah, I don't think I ever actually had a training plan for any of the 5Ks. It was just like, yeah. we're going to do some hill repeats. I might, once in a while, try to hang on for as long as I can with these guys. Do you know what I mean? But I yeah. don't think it was ever anything specific, like targeted. Yeah, and that makes sense because it was a social thing. You're right. Not, you're not like going and hitting the track. Right. And know? it was cool. Like it was exciting for me because I was putting in very little, at least perceived effort. I'm sure that there was a lot of effort going into it, but it was very little perceived effort. But I was seeing my times go down every race. So it was fun. Like, it's yeah. really cool to every single race be like, oh, I PR'd again. Oh, <laughs> right. I'm so great. Look at me. I'm fantastic. Um, yeah. So it was exciting to just right. not have to do a lot of work but have good things happen. Yeah, that's very cool. And, I, yeah, they did. was there a point, <laughs> like, was it a conscious transition from uh, I'm running road 5Ks to I want to go be in the woods and run? Did was no. there like a thing that happened there? Um, not really. We started. I don't even know how our first half marathon started. Um, I think Eric just decided that we should do a half. I think kind of a theme. Yeah. Well, um, I was gonna ask that question in a minute, so let's get there. Yeah. So <laughs> I I don't remember exactly how the first one came about, but we did Flower City Challenge, and I trained. But I think I only, the furthest I had run prior was about eight miles because I jacked my hip up. Um, And so the race was special. It was a special experience. Um, Also, at the start line, before we said goodbye and he did his thing, um, Eric told me that I should make sure that I'm drinking during the race. I had never drank on any of my runs before, so I had no idea what that meant. So every aid station, so every You're two doing miles, shotgunning beers. I did, yes, <laughs> yes, beers. No, I wish that I'd done beers because that would have been a much cooler story. Um, but no, I was drinking two cups of water at every aid station. So every two miles, I drank two full cups of water. That's not smart, well, listeners. I, I mean, you're... PSA: <laughs> Don't drink two cups of water every two miles. None, none of us are certified doctors, but we're pretty sure it's not a great idea. It's, I'll tell you what happens. If you're curious what happens, at the finish line, you puke everywhere. And as you're puking, you are like, oh, God, I'm going to puke. And so you stop. You put your hand over your mouth thinking you're going to stop yourself from puking somehow. I don't know why you would be able to do that. But you're not thinking logically. And so the next thing you know, you are puking into your hand at the finish line while your husband laughs at you and mocks you for puking into your hand and takes pictures and yeah that was that was pre yeah that was pre pictures of me puking at finish lines um yes there are many pictures of me puking at finish lines so that just makes no sense to put your hands in front of it like in the middle of the street and you're like 
I'm going to catch this puke. I felt terrible. I was puking on the finish line that people were going to have to yeah, run across. Yeah, you've never puked at a race before. And like, I really, go? initially, my hand went there because I was like, maybe I'm going to stop. I don't know. I don't know. I was I was not in my right state it's, of mind. It's great that you got somebody that can hold this over your head for the rest yeah, of no, your life. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. So he mocked me, and meanwhile, some girl who finished right after me was like, honey, are you okay? Let me go get you some water. And I was like, oh my God, thank you. <laughs> Do you want to marry me? Water's what got me into this. Yeah. Like, <laughs> metal around her neck. <laughs> so yeah, so I finished and my hip was jacked. I didn't run for like six months. I was in PT. Um, they didn't know what was wrong. They sent me for an MRI, which was the most terrible experience of my life. Don't run through injuries. Here's my second PSA of the night. <laughs> Don't run through injuries because then you have to go into the MRI tube and it's terrifying. Um, and they had no idea. Everything was so inflamed that they were just like, yeah, your, your whole hip flexor, hip area is, is done. You got to stop. Stop running. And I was like, all right, roger that. Where am I going to get all my bagels from? <laughs> But I was like, well, at least I don't have to puke anymore. So there's that. Wow. Uh, yeah, so that was my first half experience. And yet I kept going. You keep coming back. I'm not really sure. No, but it was because I finished. And immediately after, I was, I think there were some curse words thrown at Eric. And I was like, why, why would you say that I should do this? This was the stupidest thing ever. I'm never doing that again. And maybe an hour or two later, I was like, I could be so much faster if I ran more than eight miles beforehand. Also, if I didn't drink two cups of water every two miles. And so he was like, so you want to do it again? And I was like, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, are there a lot of races in Rochester? Maybe we'll try the next one. Yeah, sure. Why not? What else am I doing? Sitting on the couch eating bagels? <laughs> I, gotta, I haven't run a race. I don't have any bagels left. <laughs> Wow, that the the interesting part to me is that you did have like what might amount other than not finishing, you did have what might amount to one of the worst first half marathon experiences. It was bad. You're puking at the finish line, you're being mocked by the ones you love. <laughs> and you have you have a ridiculous injury. We build them tough around here though. <laughs> We're just laying the foundation. So I mean you have three horrendous things happen at the end and you're like, I could get better. I was like, I could totally do that faster. I was actually really upset with my finishing time. I was like, that's not okay. We have to do this again. I have to get better. So we ran two more years, I think. Mm -hmm. We ran it. Um, and after my second year, so every every race since then, short race, so half marathon and under, um, I puke at the finish line. If I don't puke, I just dry heave. So usually I just don't drink. That way I don't puke. But then I dry heave. Um, and Eric is always the one that's there being the cheerleader for my puking and or letting other people around him know that that's what I'm going to do. You see that girl over there? Watch. Watch this. <laughs> and that's exactly... I just remember there one of... it goes! At my 5K PR race, um, Michael Ryan was there timing... And I ran right by Eric and Michael at the finish line. And I just remember hearing him say, where's she going? And Eric's like, oh, she does this. She's just going to puke. She'll be right back. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Scareway Brain Cancer 5K in East Rochester. That was the one. Yeah. Rainy day. Yeah, it was rainy. Um, and my last half marathon, I wanted to go sub two hours. 
We ran this one together. Yes. Yeah, so Eric decided he was going to pace me, and I was fantastic. Well, no, that's not true. I was too fast through the whole beginning of the race, and he kept yelling at me, you're going out too hard, and I was like, I feel good. And he was like, it's not going to matter at mile 10. You're not going to feel good if you keep going this fast. And I was like, no, no, I'm good. This is I've perfect. Trained. Yeah, I've I'm like, I got this. And um, we got to the Ford Street Bridge. So what, like a mile before the finish line? We were still in front of the two-hour pace yes. group at this point. And I, I all of a sudden, I slammed on the brakes. And he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm going to puke. And he's like, you can't puke now. And I'm like, there's no option. Here comes the two-hour pace yeah. group. And they're Chris coming. Chris Patterson, shatting yep. up the storm. And, and Eric's like, you have to keep moving. And I'm like, what do I do? He's like, puke while you run. Puke while you run. <laughs> and so I did. Nice. And there were cops directing traffic on the Just other side of the keep bridge. moving. And I'm he, like, they're coming. He ran ahead. And got the cops to cheer for me. He was like, that's my wife. The one that's puking on the bridge is my wife. So I come over the bridge puking and people are cheering for me. And it was terrible and humiliating. But again, I keep going back because what else do you do? But we pushed that final mile. And I came in just over two hours. Like wow. a second. Yeah, which sucked. The, but... the results kept changing. So first it was like 201 something. And then it was like 159.20. And then it was too flat with like some odd seconds. Then it went back on it. It changed like five times. I'm like, you did it. You didn't do it. You did it. You didn't do it. Either way, I'm still <laughs> a little bit upset that I didn't do it officially. Like it would be well, nice to know, you know that for, I did it for sure. For Boston qualifying, they round down oh, to the that's minute, true. right? So you you got two hours. Every now and then, I like toy with doing another road half or marathon just to see because I know that I would be considerably faster at this point because trails make you way 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 stronger Mm -hmm. um and just the extra experience also makes you more more yeah capable um well and if you get that puking like you keep working that back like a mile back that's true just puke at the 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 start start and go yeah (laughs) that's a good point so that means i need to still do 12 more though (laughs) but i do think like my my um my half pr is like 143 and it's at shoreline and Shoreline's like, I, it's not a great race for me. Mm-hmm. Um, exposed farm roads, yeah. like Hamlet, sun. sunshine. Yeah. It's not great for me. In my, it's like 143. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure <laughs> I can run a little bit faster than 140, but whatever. I, I yeah, am, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I'm all right. I'll take that. And you know, that's... No, nobody's writing my name in a record book for a 139, <laughs> you know, so... Yes, yeah. whatever. And that's kind of where I am with, with road running right now. Like, every now and then I toy with it, and then I'm like, meh, I don't think I want to do that. Mm-hmm. Not right now. So Yeah, I did, um, you know, I, I mean, I don't know. There's some, I will, like, I like little, I don't know what I like. I, I like getting from here to there, mm-hmm. and sometimes you can do that on the roads, and so yeah. that's kind of fun. And I feel like on this podcast we talk a lot of, of reasons why we don't run the roads. Yeah. There are reasons to, to run do the it. Runs, uh, occasionally. Yeah. But, mm, what? I feel like there are a lot of really quick trail runners who do speed work on the roads, mm-hmm. which is interesting to me. And again, sometimes I toy with yeah, that. because you keep that, the turnover yes, in your legs. Yes, because right? it's a lot easier to, mm-hmm. to get your legs moving when you're. Yeah, and not I'll do, worried. I do Cobbs Hill in the winter. Okay. Because it's 0.65 yeah. miles yeah. and it's, it's safe. It's pretty safe, yeah. Um, and it's usually pretty clear, mm-hmm. and so, I, you know, I mean, I'm, 
but for 13 miles, it's just not my not my gig, I don't think. Yeah. But uh, apparently it stopped being your gig at some point because you left half marathons on the roads. Is that because less people can watch you puke at trail Oh, finishes? by that point I was kind of over the, like, oh, okay. running in the nighttime. Seems like it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're running in a day. Yeah, I kind of got over that. I don't know when, though. It just kind of happened. Mm-hmm. And then after one of the halves, I don't remember which, we were sitting on the couch, and I was like, I think I could probably do a, a full marathon. And Eric was like, well, yeah, of course you can. And I was like, yeah, like at some point, maybe. I'm like, I don't know. I kind of looked at wine glass. I don't know if I really want to do that, though. At some point. And then, like... But a, you get wine. Yeah, you get wine. Wine glass. So, I mean, it's not... So I mean... Motivation. Bagels, wine. Mm-hmm. This is... Things are getting better and better all the time around like here. French house up in here. And once you start thinking about it, right? Well, so I kept thinking, and then all of a sudden, at work, I get an email... Bring, and it's like, congratulations on registering for Wine Glass Marathon. And I'm like, what? And then I get another email. Bring, it's from Eric. And he's like, I'm so excited for you. I, you know, I'm excited because I know that you're ready to do this. I know that you can do this. Blah, blah, blah. Like all this nice, like, pep talk cheerleader stuff. And so after school, we're talking and I'm like, oh, it's going to be so great. We can run together. And he's like, oh, no, I'm doing the half. And I'm going for a PR, baby. And I'm like, you're what? And so I was actually really mad because I was like, I don't want to do this by myself. And he's like, you're not. I'll I'll train with you. I'll run with you, like all leading up to it. And then I'll be there at the finish line. Um, and it was good. It was it was great. The training went well. And I think that was when we started to do some trail runs, like as my recovery runs. So it was still primarily road runs that I was doing. Um, but every now and then we would go on the trails just for a little bit softer surface. Um, and it went well. It was okay. I felt good for most of the race. Um, hey, it was cold. It was, it was cold. It poured rain. for the first 13 miles. Um, I had trained eating Skittles. That was my food. And they were frozen during the race. So that was good. And then I had on, like, cheap throwaway gloves, but I had kept them on for, like, the whole race. (laughs) And I don't even know, mile 13, 14, I took them off to get Skittles out, and I realized I started to put them back on my hands, and I was like, these are soaking wet and freezing cold. Why are these going back on your hands? And then I'm, like, running with them, and Eric had all along been like you just throw clothes like in a marathon you just throw things on the side of the road and someone comes through and cleans up but I could not bring myself to throw the stupid gloves so I just remember carrying the gloves and being so mad that I had these stupid gloves in my hand like soaking wet cold gloves and finally I threw them and I felt terrible I still feel terrible I'm really sorry Corning (laughs) for littering your streets and it was good the race was good up until like mile 23 that's when it really started to hurt And I just remember stopping to walk at one point and then I was like, okay, you can run again. And it hurt so bad to start running again. I was like, no more walking. You cannot walk anymore because it hurts worse to have to start. So just keep going. Um, and I crossed the finish line. Eric was there and all along he had been like, people cry at the end of, of these things. And I'm like, I'm not going to cry. That's stupid. And 
I crossed the finish line, he gave me a hug, and he was like, how does it feel to be a marathoner? And I just started sobbing, and he's like, what's wrong? I'm like, my whole body hurts. That's how it feels. Everything hurts. That's why people cry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was like, this is, here it is. But yeah, it was it was good. It was a good experience. I was really sore for like two days afterwards. What What year was that wine glass? 2013, I think. I think it was 2013. Not positive, though. So not last year's, but the year before? No. Because that's how recent 2013 is. Yeah, oh, God. Oh, Wikipedia is going to work. 2011, I don't know. Eric's going to pull it up for us. 2011, maybe? I'm pretty sure it was an an odd year. I don't like odd years. Yeah, what's up with that? I don't know. It's just a thing. You mentioned that today. Yeah. I thought, originally, I thought you meant odd birthday years. Like, odd ages? Yeah, yeah, I do. Right. So, so I just I just turned 31, and I'm right. like, oh, that's not okay. So it's double for you. You're an odd age on an odd year, huh? Yeah. Well, just for a couple more months. Hmm. And, then, and then we're going to get back on track, at least halfway back on track. <laughs> but yeah, I don't like odd numbers, but I'm pretty sure it was an odd number year. But now he'll prove me wrong. 2011. 2011. Okay. Huh. There it is. There it is. Wikipedia. Good Thanks. Job. Thanks, Eric. Thanks, Internet, with a capital I. <laughs> Way to go to that place that place that, that place that proper place yeah uh wow so 2011 is your first marathon mm-hmm. you've gone from 5ks for bagels to a marathon <laughs> to a marathon pretty fast yeah um but it didn't feel too fast like it felt like a good mm-hmm. ramp up um Right, for, then, but but thinking that you're supposed to do it with a soccer ball right is pretty fast yeah that's true and at that point I think that was when I first really started thinking that I was a runner. Like for a long time, we would have these conversations, Eric and I, about, you know, you're a runner. No, I'm not. I'm not a runner. I just run sometimes, but I'm not actually a runner. Um, and I think it was around wine glass time when I finally started like accepting that identity. You know what I mean? Um, and then after wine glass, I decided. I started looking at Buffalo Marathon and thinking about it, and surprise, I just magically got registered for Buffalo Marathon by Eric. Hooray. Um, but I'm I trained... not sure that's actually legal to sign somebody. I mean, there's yeah, a waiver. Yeah. I don't think, I, I mean, you guys, Sorry, know Buffalo. Waiver, you guys know about waivers more than I do, but I'm just saying, I think it's a thing, maybe. Likely. Yeah. It got signed. Yeah, cat sign. He's my keeper, so. (laughs) As the man of the house. (sighs) Anyways. Make sure that makes it in there. (laughs) (laughs) Proof. We're going to unravel this whole thing tonight. We're going to unravel this whole thing. You guys are finding out so much information. 90 minutes. Yeah. What's the matter? The stage race was mixed in there, too. Oh, yes. So right after, I forgot about the stage race. So right after Wine Glass, like two weeks after, was the Dirt Cheap stage race. And Eric was like, I really want to do this. Will you do it with me? And I was like, two weeks after my first marathon? I don't know. And he was like, listen, if you will run Saturday's races... By yourself so I can race race. He's like, I'll do all of Sunday's, I think it was 11 miles or Mm -hmm. something. I'll do Sunday's 11 miler with you. And I was like, okay, fine. And that was one of my first trail running experiences. I really hadn't been on the trails hardly at all. And I was like, sure, why not? And it was just so beautiful. Like, I just remember thinking the trails were gorgeous. Like, it's 
it's fall. The weather was beautiful that year. Um, everything went really well. I felt good for most of the race. I just remember at the end of one of the 11, at the end of the 11 miler, we were going up a hill and every, so I had read something in runner's world that like elite runners sometimes to get through tough spots in a race, they'll count their footsteps. So like every time your right foot touches down, you count and it takes your mind off the fact that you're hurting. And so I had been using that in my races and my training runs. If I was hurting, I would just count until I stopped thinking about the fact that I was hurting. And so I was doing it during the 11 mile run. And then somehow counting turned into the F word every time my right foot stepped down. (laughs) But I was doing it out loud. And Eric was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm working through something right now. Give me a second. And he was like, I don't understand. And I'm like, stop talking to me. And that was crazy. Sh- crazy Shmi came out again. Uh-huh. Angry Shmi. Um, it's 11 miles. It's a pretty, that's, yeah. that's, I love that race. I mean, yeah. it's, it's one of the races I actually really do like mm-hmm. a lot. Um, that's not, that 11 miles is not an easy 11 miles for a first time trail runner. Yeah. So it was intense. And I actually, I remember wearing the hoodie a lot because I felt more accomplished after that weekend than I did after wine glass. Mm-hmm. I mean, wine glass was really a huge accomplishment, but finishing all three races yeah. in a weekend was like, wow, that yeah. was, it was pretty intense. So what's interesting is that this year they moved the time trial to Friday night. Oh really? So now it's three different Friday, nights, Friday night, Saturday morning, Sunday morning. Huh? So like that, interesting. that changes things. I really liked the, two in one day thing yeah there's a little bit some like you ran that time trial and if you ran it right yeah you're you're pretty spent at the end and then you got you got three hours later you got another race so this is different now interesting so huh and then we did mudslog that year too yes we did do mudslog and that was another race where angry shmi came out um but I mean, I wasn't really running trails, and that's, what, seven, eight miles, I think, plus the obstacles. And I remember getting to the part where you have to literally swim through the pond. Have you done Mudslog? I was just telling Ron today that the deterrent for me is the swimming. Oh, my God. I am not a triathlete. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. No, but it's so, it was so much fun. I asked him if I had to ride my bike there. (laughs) (laughs) It's super fun. But I just remember getting to the pond and there's like a rope to tow yourself across. And I was like, and they're like, if you want to take the penalty loop, it's that way. And I started to go that way. And Eric was like, uh, no. <laughs> and I was like, uh, I'm not going in that. And then I was in the water and it was cold. And then you run through like a fancy neighborhood, as I recall. I don't know. But I was soaking wet, like water, you know, squishing in your shoes, wet and running through someone's neighborhood, messy, dirty what it was special. so two, so 2011 is really your it was a big year it's it was a transition to trail lines, yeah right? um was that the year of the dirt sheep in the summer also mm-hmm. so yeah. we had decided so you came out and then you go through winter and you come yeah. out and the other side all of a sudden you're a trail runner yeah pretty much it was a pretty quick transition um i decided that i really didn't like being on the roads as much as being on the trail it was just, it's more peaceful on the trail. It's calmer. You don't have to worry about traffic because I'm very nervous with traffic. Um, so if Eric wasn't with me to bang on hoods of cars when they didn't stop at the stop sign appropriately, I would just get scared and stop. Um, so it was just, it was different in a good way to be mm-hmm. on the trails. So yeah, 
It was a quick transition, I would say. So it seems like a lot of these times, like, you might have the idea, I want to run a 5K. Yeah. I want to run a marathon. Mm-hmm. And then, like, Eric comes up and kind of says, oh, yeah, that's neat. And then he gives you, like, that push <laughs> yeah. in the back. Yeah. And you're like, hey, look at that thing. Oh, yes. oh, suddenly you're running. Yeah. And all along, it's always been me being like, well, maybe someday I'll be ready to do that. And him being like, no, you're ready now. Here you go. You're right. doing it. <laughs> like, oh, here you go. You're signed up. And oh. then you do it, though. And then, yeah. Well, because once you're registered, you mm-hmm. have to just, you got to follow through. Well, I, I, yes. For sure. me, you have to follow. Like, for well, the yeah. way that I am. Well, I mean, but, but so at some point, do you, are you going to get to the point where you're like, I'm ready to do this and I'm going to sign my own damn self up for this race? Yes. So we went to Beale Street with Kevin and Liz Lenz and Liz was, we had been in Rochester, in Rochester, Beale Street Cafe. Cafe. I'm sorry. (laughs) Thank you. Internet man. (laughs) Well, I thought maybe you might've went to Mardi Gras. It would have been sweet, but no, sadly no. Um, but we, we were there, we were listening to a terrible musician and Liz was like, no offense, Dan Lapata. No offense. (laughs) (laughs) We love you, Dan. Um, seriously, Dan is amazing. <clears throat> Beale Street would be lucky to have them. Um, but yeah, so we were we were there and Liz started talking about this 50K she found um, called the Dirty German and it was January. Hmm. It was maybe January when she started, we started talking about it. I don't even know if it was that early. And she... Sorry, dog issues. <laughs> no worries. No. I mean, you could just close the door on him. He'd be fine with that, right? <laughs> he, he's not a people person at all. He's chewing his bone. He's yeah. having a good time. He's not allowed to, though. Thanks. Oh, no? Oh, because no. he had the stomach Look at him. Thing. He's so mad. Yeah, yikes. Yeah, that'll, that'll cut you up, man. <laughs> so, yeah, so Liz is talking about this 50K she found called the Dirty German, which I'm like, that's a hilarious name, so I'm in. And it was in May. And so she's like, I don't think we have enough time to train. And I'm like, we'll be fine. And I think that there night. There you go. You we, got the... So we, we all talked about it and we signed up together kind of. Um, and we trained together. We had 11 weeks to train. And of course you have a couple of weeks of taper. So it was more like eight or nine weeks of training. Um, and we were starting from like a six mile long run. So we had a, a long ways to go. Very quickly. And we trained. It went well. I think everybody had fun. It was a good race. The course was awesome. I would highly recommend it. Um, It's a double loop. Cheers. It's a a double loop. It's a double loop. So um, two 25K loops. Um, And it was so... I just remember... You know, I had read so much about how in ultras people don't care as much about their time. Like, everybody's so friendly. Everybody wants to talk to you and hear your story. And I couldn't really fathom that because I still really hadn't done a lot of trail racing. And and you're not chatting a lot in the dirt cheaps, quite honestly. Right. Those are red lines. Right. And so I just remember so many people coming up, either like coming up behind us or we would catch up to someone and there would just be 
you know, a mile or two of just hanging with that person, talking, where are you from, what else have you raced, oh, this is your first 50K, you're doing great, you know, I've run blah, 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 this would be a great race for you too if you're looking for something similar to this. And it was just, the the camaraderie was just incredible. It was just such a cool vibe to be out with people who, you know, also love to be on the trails and are just out there to have a good time and meet cool people. So it was really cool. It was a really good first first ultra experience and first real trail race that wasn't like you said, like a red line, like how fast can I push myself? It was more about how far can I go? So it was a really cool experience. It's also nice to be on the other side of things because we had been putting on races now. SPF, so many other races had already happened. Right. So being on the other side of things... And being able to actually yeah. be the racer and not the person in charge of everyone and making sure everybody was safe and happy and accounted for. Um, it was it was just, it was a good experience. It was really fun. Eric and I had always talked about running a marathon together and we never did. And then we registered for this and I was like, oh, this is perfect. A marathon plus like five more miles. No big deal. Um, and it was, it was good. It was tough. Um, Eric's colitis makes running long like that really difficult. He ran the whole 50K on like... A pretzel. A couple, yeah, like a couple gummy bears and a pretzel. And it was a rough go. Like the last 10 miles were really tough for him. Um, But it was so cool to be able to finish the... To cross the finish line at the same time together. and Yeah, and I I think what... um, The interesting part about that is the... This was the thing, again, that you were like, uh, this time you're finally like, oh, we're ready for it. Let's do it. And the confidence is built up. Right. And you just, you, you just jump right in now. And I think for me, when I jumped in those first long trail runs, they weren't as hard as long road runs. They just weren't. Yeah. And, and so I found like, oh wait, I can do more of these, you know? Yeah. I was like, these, these, I feel fine the next day. Right. And that was also really cool because after both of my road marathons, I was hurting after, um, and it was nice to finish the 50 K. And I mean, I was so nervous about how, how it was going to feel and how bad I was going to hurt. And am I going to have to take time off from work, you know, to recover? And I was totally fine. Like, Oh, this is not bad at all. Mm-hmm. So it was, yeah, it's nice to be able to finish yeah. a race and not <laughs> lay on the couch. And, and not puke at, did you puke at the finish line? No, and that's the other thing. I did not puke at the finish line. I also, to be fair, did not puke at either marathon. Short races. So it's sense. just, yeah, quote unquote short. Like a half marathon is so short. Yeah, not so know. much, but um, but yeah, shorter races mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> are apparently where I puke. And yeah. the long ones are where I cry. Yeah. So that's well. also that's also my new thing. So yeah. I add, yeah. Hey. Yeah. Gotta have a thing. Yeah. I mean, if it's not puking, it's crying. <laughs> Sometimes I do both at the same time. So. <laughs> Why am I puking? Yeah. <laughs> Title. <There's, laughs> there it is. You're welcome. <laughs> um, so the... Uh, Eric had just kind of alluded to you. You now made that next transition. You started to run races. Um, what made you think you could do that? Like, who are you to like put on a race? Um, well, I think so. We 
had looked at, not looked at, um, Matthew French had done zero SPF the year before we took it and, and 2012, right in 2012. Um, and we had been invited and we didn't make it that morning, but there were tons of people that did. I secretly was very glad that we didn't make it because I had heard that it's very hilly. And so I was like, well, thank God we didn't make it to that because that would have been miserable. I would have gone because apparently I do miserable things. But you've already run an ultra. No, this was before. This was before the ultra. Um, And so, yeah, sorry, we're we're way out of order. No, no, we just jumped and then I went back because, you know. Yeah, back and forth. Yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah, so it was before the ultra and I think maybe before my marathon. Yeah, 2012. So I had done wine glass but not buffalo yet. Right. And um, that following year... I don't even know you guys like the the four we founders had kind we could of talked. Do it as a real race. It went so well. Yeah, they were like, we should do this. Like it should that should be a race. There's nothing on the Crescent Trail. It's an amazing trail. It's some of the best single track in the area. That needs to be a race. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we said, let's do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it kind of took on a life of its own. And SPF was the first year was terrible. And I actually told friends that Eric and I were going to end up divorced over it. It was just a lot of work. We had things everywhere. Our house for months. The front room, the kitchen, the dining room, this room, the living room. We're sitting in our living room. (laughs) Sorry, people. Live live in Egan's studio. Yes. Um, There was just stuff everywhere. And every day it was like, we have to go here. We have to do this paperwork today. We have to go back to this place because they need something else from us. So it was just so much. Zero SPF has more paperwork yes. than any of our other races. Because it's all those multiple yes. towns, multiple, multiple counties. counties. It's just a lot of work. There's two different trail systems. Yep. So it was the first year was a lot of meetings, a lot of paperwork, a lot of work. Plus there was just a lot of stuff and we were not experienced. So we had no idea how to organize things to make it less chaotic. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I all leading up to that race, I told everybody I was like, we're never doing a race again, ever. I'm done. Like, this is insane. I don't know how people do this for a living. And um, we finished the race, and it was so, it was just so cool to see people happy and excited to have finished something that they thought was really, really hard. And it was just a really cool vibe at the end of the race. And we went out for dinner afterwards, and I was like, we should do a, a fun race, quote unquote, fun. Um, I was like, because this is kind of an intimidating race for a new runner. Like I would never have signed up for zero SPF trail half marathon when I first started running trails. So we should do something more accessible in the fall. And Eric was like, I thought we were done with races. And I was like, one more, we'll do one more. (laughs) And that was kind of how ready set glow came about was because I was like, let's do something fun and cool. And Mm -hmm. you know, we don't care about our time. We're just there to have a good time. Mm-hmm. So. And so, you know, most likely the way the way that this will, well, we'll see when this either Ready Set Glow will have just happened, right? Or um, people will be downloading it as it's happening. <laughs> um, and so, uh, 
the the interesting thing to me is that it seems like both Ready Set Glow and Mess the Dress sort of, sort of have your signature on them. Yeah. Oh, Whereas yeah. like WTF and SPF are more the rest of the Trails Rock guys. Yeah. So they all are like, yeah, elevation, yeah, hard trails, and I was like, yeah, those things suck actually. Like, let's just <laughs> go run a flat trail and have some fun. Um, which is funny. So for the longest time, I was like the girl that didn't do hills. Like I just hated them. <laughs> Send them out. Go this way. That's funny. Um, so yeah, so I hated hills. I would avoid them at all costs. If there were two ways to go and one way was hilly and one way was flat, you could be sure that I was going the flat way. Um, if I went down a hill, that was great. And then coming back up it, I would just walk casually. Yeah. <laughs> I just Well, you gotta nothing. learn to hike the hills, you know. You True gotta... story. <laughs> but yeah, I just wanted nothing to do with that. And um, so that's been an interesting evolution in the past couple of months, which so, we'll get to. So Ready, Set, Glow is, is a pretty unique race as far as what we have in the Rochester area. So where the heck did that come from? I don't really know. I just was like... It would be cool. Well, we were I, running at night. Yes, I was well. just going to say we had started running at night. Um, but it's to me, the woods at night are very creepy. I love camping. I love to be in the woods. But at night, it's just weird. But when you're with a lot of people and there's all the headlights, it's so cool. And we had run at Dryer Road with Medved on Thursday night with Dennis. With Dennis and it was so cool because the trails there are so windy. Mm-hmm. So you can see everyone. Mm-hmm. Even though they're like a mile in front of you, you mm-hmm. can see everyone because of the headlamps and how windy everything is. So it was just a cool park to be in. And I was like that. I mean, they have all the weird names on the little yeah, boards. And I was like, eh, that's the perfect park for like a Halloween type race. Mm-hmm. So I was like, how can we incorporate Halloween and drier road and having fun? And somehow uh, Ready, Set, Glow happened. So, for the uninitiated, what? tell us about it. What's the Ready, Set, Glow experience? Because only 150 people get to run it, so, so for the I, rest of us, what, what happens? So, it's a five-mile race. It's in Dryer Road Park. It's at night, and the trail is lit by glow sticks in the past, although this year we have flashy lights because our glow sticks have not been as glowy because it's always so cold, and apparently glow sticks don't work that well in the cold. There's my third PSA for the podcast. <laughs> And, um, so this year we have flashy blinky lights also to light the trails. Um, but the first year it was so exciting because, you know, you have in your head this idea of what things are going to look like and you don't know if that's actually what's going to transpire. And so I had pictured people wearing like glow sticks on the trail and the trail looking really cool at night and people having so much fun and eating bagels to their heart's content. (laughs) And... It was like a dream come true. People showed up. They were, you know, they had built skeletons out of glow sticks on their black clothes. Like, they were all black. Um, People bought, like, glowing clothes. I don't even know. There were just so many cool glow-themed costumes for the run, and people really seemed to have fun. They embraced, you know, one of the ideas for the race was really... Not It's not a competition, so the prizes are completely random. There's no prize for the winner, um, because partially because we wanted it to be a fun event, and partially because it's at night and the trails there are pretty technical, so we didn't want anybody going 
too hard and getting hurt. Um, and it was cool because most people really embraced that. Like, we're just here to have fun. It's cool. So it was, the first year was really, really good for Ready, Set, Glow. Um, super fun. Like, exactly how I had pictured it. And that was it. We were hooked. I was like, we're doing this. We're, we're all in for this race thing. It's super cool to see people, you know, set a goal and achieve it and see people so happy at the end of a race. And I don't know. It's like warm fuzzies. Good feelings. Ugh. Yeah. yeah. Gross. Warm fuzzies. Ugh. Okay. Wow. You know, it's, again, it just shocks me how, how long this feels, but really how quick your transition sort of has, has gone. Yeah. Now you're running races. You're not, you're not quite, um, like the boss of Trails Rock just yet. I mean, that's still to come, right? And like so, I'm not I'm, the boss oh, of Trails oh, Rock. Eric's, anyway. Eric's still here. Sorry. <laughs> we'll we'll get to that, right? That's, that's for the after show. Um, the uh, the silent majority in the background. <laughs> and I think that's more my role, anyways, is like the background person. Yeah, but but at the same time, you I mean, you are sort of the brains behind two of the races. You run the the Tuesday group is your group. I mean, <laughs> let's face it, Eric Eric got up there and was like, beep, 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 beep. it's well, really she, the she, face. Uh, she actually created the Tuesday group. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Tuesday's and your Pete. deal. Yeah, we and, had been running on Thursday nights with Medved, and they were just really fast. And then in the winter, we kept running. It was we had fine, a small little group but in the winter, going. yeah, we had a small group that kept going. It was like an unofficial Thursday night run, but they were so fast. And we were at Bay Park West one night, and it was super icy, and you're like on a cliff basically. And we were way Pete and I were like way in the back. I was sucking on my inhaler because my asthma does not handle the winter at all, and. I think we had gone a half mile and Pete was like, do you want to just go back to the car and drink? And I was like, yes, yes, I do. Let's go drink. And on our way back, he was like, we need to have our own little, like our own little group. And I was like, that's actually a really good idea. And that was kind of how Tuesday nights were born. Cause I was like, let's do a Tuesday night group run where we're just mm-hmm. hanging out just to have fun. Um, and we were trying to think of a name and Liz lens actually was the one who was like Tuesday trail trots. And I was like, I don't, that could be misconstrued. And well, I was that could like, be Eric's run. That's exactly. <laughs> but then I was like, no, you know what? That's a great, it's like the perfect name for it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, your transition here is, I mean, you're full on trail girl <laughs> at this point, right? Yeah. Oh right? yeah. I haven't run roads in a very long time. Yeah. And. Unless and I absolutely have to. And now you're making your own decisions and sign up for your own races with your own digital signature. And Yeah. Wow. Yeah. For real. Things got real. <laughs> Things got real. <laughs> Things got real up in this real, house. Real fast. Yeah. Um, okay. And then um, I think, you know, I mean, for me, the 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 piece now is you decided you're going to run further than marathons, right? And, <laughs> Why not? You know, and, and since we're an hour in, we should probably get to get to Virgil. Yeah, let's get to Virgil. Yeah, let's get another beer and then get to Virgil, huh? Sweet. Beer break. <laughs> beer break. Beer and brownies. So, Virgil. Yes. Because our listeners have deemed that 90 minutes is the most appropriate length for this podcast. 
There was so, a survey. Don't they know how awesome I am? They don't, don't want to listen to me for more than 90 minutes? They've been Bertrand. You're no Matt Bertrand. They've been Bertrand. <laughs> they've been Bertrand. Thanks a lot, Matt. No. Um, <laughs> That's okay. An hour and a half is probably enough. No, I, uh, you know what I think is, I think is really good is that this is, uh, I mean, spending a half hour on a, uh, you know, yeah. race that you trained, what, 16, 18 weeks for? You yeah. know, that's fine. Yeah. Um, you know, you could, we could do the whole thing. I mean, you wrote probably what, 6,000, <laughs> 6,000 6, words? A lot probably. of words. <laughs> yeah, which we'll, we'll link those all up so everybody can read those in the episode notes okay. too. They can read the whole chronological Yeah, thing. I mean, if you guys are really interested. Oh, trust me. Are you not that fascinating? Are you not fascinating? I don't know. You're quite fascinating. I just, I just know I can run for a long time, apparently. I've been leaning forward this whole conversation. <laughs> I'm wrapped with attention. Also, I can't sit back because there's a dog. The dog right. is... Oh, yeah. he left. No, he's... He left. Um, He'll be up click, click, clicking around in a... In a couple minutes. So did you go from Dirty German to Virgil? No, I did yeah. Mend in 50K. Okay. Which, in my head, I had built up to be an unconquerable beast. Um, so I was terrified of Menden. And I think that was another one you might have registered me for, Eric. Um, <laughs> sorry. Sorry, Brian. <laughs> um, because I wouldn't do it myself because I was convinced that it was going to be too difficult and I wasn't sure if I was ready um, and Eric all along has always been the one that's like, of course you're ready. You're fine. You got this. This is the creation of the one more loop chant. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had done Mend in 50K and it went well. Um, loops three and four were special. But loop five, I was running with Angie and she, we looked at our watches and she was like, I think we can go on sub seven. And I'm like, no, we can't. And then like two miles in, I was like, yep, we're doing this. And it was just like head down. We didn't talk the the rest of the loop. We didn't talk. We just ran hard. And I ran that last loop faster than, I don't even know. I don't remember There anymore. were two people to run their last loop faster, faster than, than their previous loop. Brian Van Buren, who ran a crazy race that day, and Sheila. Yeah. So I, I hauled because I was like, this is it. We're doing it. And came in just under seven, I don't know, six fifty eight or something. Um, but I felt good afterwards. I felt really good. And then I said, What about fifty miles? Like fifty K, okay, that's not so bad. Thirty one, it's like a marathon. And so fifty miles became like a thing in my head. I wanted to I wanted to do it. I knew that I wanted to do it, and this was one that I knew I would register myself for. <laughs> um, I didn't need anybody to register and force me into it. Um, uh, you know, I guess I don't want to misconstrue it that it's kind of, it's not really a forcing. It's more no. like, it's the more kick in like the pants. <laughs> Eric, Eric had the little extra nudge of confidence Yes, because it wasn't like he registered for you and you're like, oh man. Right. You were more like, oh, now I'm registered. Yeah. Time to do get this. to work. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I, so I, I don't want it to seem like, you know, Eric signed you up for all these races. Yeah, you know? no. He's not Peyton Manning's dad. Yeah, you know, no. <laughs> putting you on the field, making you do football drills. No, it wasn't like, that at all. No, it's just that nudge. That yes. little, like, I mean, the same thing happened with me with Twisted Branch, although Summer didn't sign me up. I'm like, I've never run this. I've never run that. And she's like, so what? You're going to hate yourself yeah. if you don't sign up for Just the race. Do it. You totally can do it. Right. Just go do it. Mm-hmm. Also, I don't want to hear you say you should have done it. <laughs> so go and do it. The runner remorse. And it's that little extra nudge that, yeah. that all those close to us in our life just 
Go. <laughs> Please go run trails. Yes, go. <laughs> You're going to be miserable otherwise. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, I started looking at 50 milers and I had like a whole chart comparing and contrasting 50 milers. I was looking for funny names. That was a priority. Um, also looking for things that were close by. I didn't want to really have to travel far because keep costs down. Um, and then looking at elevation, um, just to see like what's manageable because I still in my head was not a hill runner. Um, so I still was, was kind of telling myself like, yeah, you're a runner, but you're not necessarily capable and or you don't necessarily want or like to do hills. Um, and so I looked at everything. I had like a whole comparison chart, price, distance, when the race was, time of year, like what's mm-hmm. feasible for training. I mean, it was, it was ridiculous. Like let's overthink things a little bit more. Mm. Um, and we were talking one night because I had found some races that were a little bit further away that were like 30 or $40 to enter, which is really cheap for 50 miles, but they were far enough away where like, we're going to have to get a hotel room and drive there and drive and food. And so Eric is like, this is silly. Like you might as well register for something closer to home where we don't have to get a hotel room or whatever. And then, um, Ian, with Red Newt Racing, has a policy for his volunteers. So depending on how many volunteer hours you've put in, um, it's a really generous policy, actually, for his races, his like comp- way of compensating volunteers. And we have always done the aid stations at Virgil and at Cayuga Trails. And we were talking, and Eric's like, well, you know, we have free entries to Ian's races. And I was like, Virgil? That's Virgil is hard. Like, I can't do Virgil. And then I was like, Cayuga, which is just as hard, I think. Um, But it's beautiful. Like, the trails are just gorgeous at Cayuga. And so I was like, well, maybe I'll do Cayuga. And then I was like, well, I don't want to wait that long to do my first 50. You know, I'm a teacher, so it makes sense to do my training primarily in the summertime when I'm off. I have a lot of time to kill. So I might as well do it on the trail. Um... And so it just kind of became a thing like, well, I'm just going to do Virgil then. And I just kept hearing from people like, you know, that's really hard. You know, that's really hilly. Are you sure that that's a good first time choice? And I was like, I don't understand why everybody's doubting me. Like, I can do this. It's going to suck, but I can do it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I started following a training plan maybe in May. It might have been a little bit before that. Um loosely just following it and seeing how everything felt as I upped miles and everything was feeling really good. And Eric was like, you need to contact Ian and find out what you need to do to get into this race. And I was like, well, I will eventually. And I think it was like June or July when I finally contacted Ian, um, and registered and got in. I did it myself all by myself. I registered for 50 miles for Virgil, no less. Um, And I just trained. I trained really, really hard this summer. Um, Every hill I could find, I climbed because I knew that the course was brutal. And I knew that there really wasn't much in Rochester, in the immediate Rochester area, that was going to get me the kind of elevation that Virgil has. Um, And so it became all about 
where can I find hills and how can I string them together? So like Durand is very close to our house. And that became one of my things over the summer was how can I make a three mile loop or a five mile loop or two mile loop that has X, Y, Z amount of elevation. So I would, I knew where the hills were. And if you think Durand is flat, let me know. I'll take you out. (laughs) There are some hills. Um, PSA number four. Yes, PSA number four. Durand. Durand it's not flat. is not flat. There are sections that are very flat, but there are also places where you can get some hills in. Um, and it became all about how can I find and then string together the hills in a way that's you're not doing the same trail multiple times. You know what I mean? So it kind of almost became a game for me. Like, can I make a good course per se? Um, and that was my summer was that for my short runs and then my long runs, it was where can I find elevation? So I did zero SPF twice, which was huge. Um, I was, it was hottest like day the, of the hottest year. day. It was so, it was like 100% humidity. We started, it was pitch black. Um, Amy Lapata and I ran the first six, I think, together. My stomach was a mess. I have no idea what was wrong. At one point, I was like, I'm going to quit. I'm just going to stop because this is stupid. Like, I'm sick. I need to go home and rest. And then I was like, are you going to quit on race day? Like, if your stomach gets messed up in the middle of the race, are you just going to be like, oh, I'm done? Like, no, you're not going to do that. So you need to learn how to run with an upset stomach. And if that means every two miles you have to stop, oh, well. And I hate the SPF course. And I have the utmost respect for people who run it for fun because I think it's really, really hard course. Unrelenting. Yeah, it's what's really interesting about that about that course is you can kind of think like I'm in the suburbs. Yes. Like yeah, I'm just running behind in, people's houses. I'm running in the suburbs. Yeah. And you're like, how come that hill goes all the way down there and comes all the all way all the way back up? Why can't it just go right across? Right. Like I can see the top yeah. of the hill. <laughs> Why do I have to go down and come back up? I can see it yeah. right there. Right. You know, and there's so much of that. Mm-hmm. But the the race day thing, I think that that's, it's so, um, for me, that that was a big deal training for my first marathon. Yeah. Um, I I would go out in the pouring rain. Yeah. And I'd be like, what are you going to, you're not going to sit home if it right. pours on the marathon you're day. You're going to go. And, and you can get into this thing mm-hmm. of like, oh, it's just a little training run. Right. But getting all your gear on to yeah. go out for five miles and do, you know, mile mm-hmm. repeats yeah. in the pouring rain. Yeah. Yeah, you sure. You you might not get the greatest repeat workout, workout <laughs> but your, your mind gets stronger. Yes. And I think that something like Virgil, as you said, everybody's throwing doubt your way. Mm-hmm. And as they're throwing doubt, you're climbing hills. Yeah. Right? And I don't know if it was necessarily doubt so much as just like concern. Like yeah. I have always, I've never it made it. It was doubt. People were being jerks. <laughs> I don't know, but I've never made it a big secret that I don't like hills. Like people I think are very well aware, especially if they've run with me at all, that I just, I don't enjoy them. I don't find it entertaining. I didn't. I might a little bit find it entertaining. Not a lot, but a little bit. A small smidge of Shmi now thinks that hills slash mountains, as is the case in Virgil, are kind of entertaining when you look back on them. You used in to the hate, moment, you want to kill everyone. But you used to hate running, too. That's so. true. That's It's just an evolution. Just stick with it, people. PSA number five. If you stick with it... 
eventually you're going to love it. You will either love it or go numb to drink, it. Drink but... the Kool-Aid. Just drink the Kool-Aid. So the the interesting um, thing, you were climbing hills mm-hmm. all... I mean, your training plan was tough. Yep. And and if it wasn't tough, you made it a little bit tougher. I mean, there were days, like you said, you went and found a hill to climb. Yeah, and just over and over and over again. Right, and so... Went down to Letchworth, did a trail marathon, marathon down there. there. Yeah. I did a marathon, almost marathon, on um, the WTF course. So mm-hmm. I've always said, like, people who do that, that race 15 miles, like, who does that course three times? Are you out of your mind? And I'm like, I'm going to go do it five times, I guess. Um, and I did ski hill. So if you want a, a fun challenge, do the ski hill section when you cross the road before you get to hell on roots. Um, just do that section forwards and then turn around and do it backwards. <laughs> if you are looking for a good fun hill workout, that's a great one. Hmm. Bonus points. If a dog almost attacks you, that was a good time too. Well, so. he's looking at me so peaceful. He, he <laughs> Not this dog. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Sadly, I wish it was. <laughs> <laughs> was there a run in your summer training plan where you're like, all right, got Virgil. This run flipped the switch for me. I am now officially confident. I don't I don't know. So this is going to sound maybe cocky, and I don't know how to say it so it doesn't come off as like me being overconfident. But once I have registered for something, I'm like, that's it. It's done. Like there's no, I might not finish this. It's just how long is it going to take me? So with Virgil, I was like, you know, there's a hundred mile race going on. So I know that even if I don't finish under the cutoff time, I'm going to finish the race. If it means that I have to hike the last 25 miles, I'm hiking the last 25 miles unless I get injured severely. Um, and we'll get to that because at one point in the race, I was like, what if you get hurt? What if you break your ankle now? And I was like, I don't know how I'm getting out of here, but I'm not getting pulled right now. Like I've come too far. Right. So Um, your confidence was there in the sense of like, I'm going to do it. Yes. But at some point did it, did it, did you go, now I'm going to go perform or was that all race day? That was, I think all race day. I mean, I knew I knew that I could do it, and I was told by so many people, they're like, your training is spot on, you're so well prepared for this, and in my head, I couldn't fathom that, and it was just like my first marathon when I argued with Eric over whether 20 miles was a sufficient long run, because I was like, 20 miles, like 6.2 miles is going to take me at least another hour, probably longer at that point, so I don't understand how a 20 miler is sufficient, and this was kind of the same thing, like... So I don't understand how a 60-mile week is going to get me through 50 miles on race day. Like, 60 miles in a week, and I'm going to do 50 in a day. It just didn't, I couldn't make it click. Um, And now, obviously, I have a different perspective on it. But leading up to the race, in my head, there was a lot of, not doubt, but questions about whether or not I was actually well-prepared and if I should have done more or done something different. Mm -hmm. And... So I had I had similar thoughts like a 50k isn't yeah, going to cut it enough. for Twisted Branch. Right. So I did 41 at Mighty Mosquito. Still didn't do it. Like You were still nervous. I was still I you know again not that nervous in the sense of like what you said. It's not yeah. cocky like 
I was not like arrogant going into Twisted Branch. Right. I wasn't afraid that I couldn't finish. Right. But I was like, did I train enough to do my best? Right. Right. Like, um, yeah, I'll do okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. but but I probably should have trained a little bit more. <laughs> You know, but at the same time, like, it's it's when you're done training. I was just going to say, was it during taper? Yeah. There's too much time to think. That's yeah. what we've decided is you yeah. have just way too much extra time on your hands to be like, well, maybe yeah. I should go out and run another five or six miles this week just to make it an even number. And you're like, dude, you follow, Eric kept saying, you followed the plan for how many weeks now? Why would you not follow the plan in the last two? Mm-hmm. He's like, just go sit down. Yeah, go sit down. I can't. Yeah. I, I wish, like... I think back um, in the Super Nintendo days with that track and field game where you'd be on like the <laughs> pad and you could do, you could do the running on track. I feel like we could do that kind of stuff at home and like get out all <laughs> the heebie-jeebies, you know, do all that and get it done. <clears throat> but I, I, I think it was very similar. Like, was that enough? I'll do a little bit more. Yeah. I'll I'll run an extra hill in yeah. this last training run. Yeah. I'll do it all the way up to the top this time. (laughs) You know, like that kind of stuff to throw that in. And I feel like that is where the confidence comes in. Yeah. I'll do this thing that used to be hard for me. Right. Now it's not hard for me anymore. Right. And it doesn't have to be um, miles. It can be the accomplishment of the thing you couldn't do before. And that's true. And I think I wrote about that at one point. Um, Ron has his Coyote's Den Loop, Mm -hmm. the 4x4. Um and it's just these four really big climbs in like two miles or something. Um, so it's a lot of elevation gain. And the first, I don't even know, two or three years that I ran at Ellison, those hills, I was like, this is, do they end? Like, I don't understand. We're halfway up and we're, we're only halfway up. And I've been climbing this thing for two hours. Just kidding. It's not that long. But it, that's what it felt like. Mm-hmm. And at one point towards the end of training, I just remember getting to the top of Coyote's Den and I was like, oh, it's done. <laughs> oh, it oh, it's done. Right. <laughs> like, this is amazing. Yeah. I'm like, did this get shorter? And I'm like, no, <laughs> you just got stronger. Like, you're just a better climber. Um, and I think that might be part of why hills are not. I don't love them. I just want to reiterate that. Not Todd Beverly. I haven't got there yet. Hills are not your enemy. Right. It's not something where I'm like, oh, I don't want to do that anymore. Um, and that's a cool thing to like, be able to see that progress in yourself where you're like, oh, I can do that. It's not necessarily going to be pretty, but I know I can get up that. Yep. And, uh, so now we got, now we got 50 miles of race to cover. Here we are. And you, well, and you wrote extensively about this and I, I, that was so much fun to read that. Like. It's a it's a great it's a great write up. Am I crazy? <laughs> I, I loved it. It was so much fun. Um, the pre race preparation one hit too like too much on the nose. Like so that one wasn't as much fun to me because I'm like shit. I was doing the same same thing. Wow, you cursed before me. I did. You're oh my well gosh. Behaved. You're well behaved. Oh my gosh. I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> this is it. There's going to be a barrage of pro- profanity right now. Now, yeah, just, now that you've opened the floodgates. Well, it's it late now. Nobody's listening yeah, anymore. Yeah, that's good. People only listen to the first half hour of the show. PSA number five. If you are offended by profanity, you should stop listening. No. Just kidding. Just kidding. Don't yep. follow that PSA. The we're other about, ones, though, follow. We're about to talk about the race. He'll bleep me out. We're about to talk about the race. <laughs> um, but that's what, so for me, um, 
That one was <coughs> the pre-race prep was a lot of like, oh boy, that's that's right on the nose. But then it was so much fun to read about <laughs> your adventures through the race. So, um, what? Yeah, like you show up and you're ready to run, and like yeah. you were, you were like out the gate ready to go. So I was, yeah. I don't know. I I got in a really good place leading up to it. I had not intentionally visualized things, but like in my head, I kept having these weird, like just seeing myself running and feeling good and knowing that I could finish. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I felt good. I knew that I was going to be able to, to finish the race. Um, so I had looked at the elevation profile, which had changed from years past. So Ian had sent an email leading up to the race. He actually sent a couple. Um, and initially I was like, I'm not looking at any of this. I can't handle it. I don't want to know. I would rather just be surprised on race day. And then I finally did look and I set not goals, I guess, but just kind of a rough idea of where I thought time wise I would be for each section of the race. Um, and I just told myself, no matter what happens in the race, you just need to get from one aid station to the next. So you don't need to think about how far you've gone, how far you have to go, except within each section of the course. And that really, really helped me, I think, to stay focused, um, rather than saying like pace wise, I need to be here for the whole race because there's different sections of the course that are, are different, you know? So some things are suited more to my abilities, flats and downhills in some sections there were some serious climbs and I just knew those were going to be slow sections and if you're focused too much on your overall pace in one section that's really hard you know it's too easy to get discouraged so I kind of already planned out where I thought I would be and I wasn't going to say anything to anyone and then at the last minute I'm like well Eric might as well have an idea a rough idea of when he can expect me at each aid station so he knows when to have my stuff ready for me so that I can get in and get out because that was one of our other plans was at aid stations to not linger. Um, having worked at so many aid stations, there's a lot of people that will come in and hang out and it's good if you really need the aid, like people who are messed up, you know, medically and need some sort of first aid or that are struggling, their calorie intake isn't right, or their hydration, you know, those people need to be there, but there's a lot of people that just come in to hang. Um, and we had decided, like, that's not happening. We and practiced out. it all summer, too. Yes. So every run, because I was injured. So I mm-hmm. just drove around with the truck while she did these long runs, and we literally practiced aid stations. And Valone actually got <laughs> mad at so me. It's so funny. He came down to Letchworth <laughs> for, the, for the Letchworth Marathon that her and Jen did, and they would come in, and I'd have the stuff on the back of the truck, and I'd say, see ya. And he's like, dude, what's the rush? And I'm like, because on race day, she's not hanging out in the aid station for eight minutes. At one because point. Because a, it's a waste of time. It's, at, it's a race. At one point, I got a text message, and it was like, I'm so sorry I've been such a bleep to you. I'm really sorry. I'm going to do better to be nicer to you at your aid stations, blah, blah, blah. Like, on and on and on. And I just responded, hi, Valone, tell Eric I said hi. He had my phone. <laughs> yeah. So Valone was driving, texting me while we were running. Um, it was so funny. But so, yeah. So we had practiced it. But um, so I kind of, yeah. 
It was fantastic. But I kind of had like a, a rough idea of what I wanted things to, to be, but I didn't really actually think that past the Alpine section, which was the third section of the course, that I would be able to maintain any sort of pace um, because I am not a strong climber. And I know that and I've gotten a lot better, but I still know that that's a weakness. And so I was very realistic in thinking that up until that point, I would be good. And then after that point, whatever happened, happened. And hopefully I could hold it together for the other sections, but I wasn't really sure. Mm -hmm. So we got to the start line and I cried. Got that out of the way early. <laughs> Eric, Eric said goodbye to me and I immediately started crying and followed him through the crowd. And he turned around when I grabbed his arm and he's like, what are you doing? And I couldn't even talk because I was crying. And he kissed me again and he's like, go. And he walked away. And I'm like sobbing. Like absolutely so I was a mess. I had to walk away from all of the people that were lined up at the start line because I was that big of a mess. And I'm like, you got to get it together because you can't run like this. <laughs> like, you know, like in the cartoons where they slap the person across the face. I'm like, that's what I need. I need someone to just slap me in the face right now. That's like, why I okay. walked away. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Boy, the force, the force was strong. <laughs> Best husband ever. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, so the race started though. And once it started, that was it. It was like game on. I just, I knew what I needed to do. Um, I was nervous. I, like I've said, I don't like to be in the woods at night. Um, but I knew at the beginning of the race, we would be pretty bunched together still. So one of my things was that I really wanted to try to be out of the woods before it started it got in dark. the dark. Yes. Yeah. So I was like, I need to, I figured if I could run 14 hours ish, then I should minimize my night running time. So that was like my overall overarching goal was just 14-ish hours would be great. Like to a not little see over. the dark for a second time. Or Well, I, I honestly, I thought that I would see the dark a second time. So it was just how little of the dark can I see? <laughs> like mm -hmm. if I could make it, you know, mm -hmm. like a half hour of being scared in the woods by myself, that would be okay, I guess, compared to like two hours mm -hmm. or more. Um so the beginning was, it was pretty congested. There was a lot of hiking. The first five miles I knew were uphill, gradual uphills. Like it wasn't anything crazy, but again, when you're, you know, I know I'm not a good climber, but climbing in the dark, PSA number six is the way to climb because you have no idea how far you've gone, how far you have to go. So can't you can't see the top. Yeah. You can't see the top. So it's, it's like the best way to climb because it feels like it's, you're not climbing. Um, I feel like that's the climb that goes on forever. Really? Well, cause... See, for me, I'm like, oh, that was it? Okay. Let's do that well, again. I mean, you're still climbing. You don't know when that's you're That's true, and stop. you don't know when you're going to stop. But, hey, whatever works for you. I don't know. Don't it let was... me ruin your climbing yeah, in the dark. Yeah, it was, it was all right for me. I, I don't mind. I mean, I just I just kind of get into a rhythm. And, yeah. And I do, um, you had mentioned earlier about counting your steps, and mm -hmm. I, I do that, mm -hmm. but I count breaths. Okay. I count. I count breathing. Breathe in. Breathe out. You know. Okay. As I go up a hill. So for me, uh, it's, it's like meditation. Yeah. It's it's very much is. Yeah. It's and when I'm climbing a hill, depending on this, uh, the pace. Right. It's two breaths in, one breath out. Two in, one okay. out. Okay. And if I'm doing a little bit more rigorous, it's two in, one out, one in, one out. Okay. And so you get you more, get a pattern. You and... get more breaths in. You get the pattern in. And you just power up. So for me. You know, it's yeah. it's a little bit different, but I, I think it's interesting you're still saying it's not a strength of yours, 
So you must be an absolute badass on the downhills and the flats because <laughs> because the amount of stuff that you climbed this summer and the amount of stuff you climbed at yeah. Virgil and how you executed that, <laughs> the other two parts of your game must be strong, girl. I'm unstoppable. <laughs> Best downhill runner ever. And it was so funny because Eric always told me, like, you're a really good downhill runner. And I I would laugh. Like, what does that mean? I don't even understand. Like, every, everyone is a good downhill runner. You just, gravity just takes you. Like, mm-hmm. it's pretty sweet. And he's like, no, you're, like, your form is really good. Just the the way everything lines up, that's. Yeah, he's always checking out your form. <laughs> I know. <That's... laughs> Can you blame me? <laughs> but, yeah. It so just lines up. It really it's perfect for downhills. <laughs> but yeah, so so I wasn't really sure. I think that first six miles I had said an hour and a half. And at one point I actually had looked and the cutoff time for that first chunk was an hour 40. And I actually was nervous at one point. It was a little aggressive. Before cutoff. the race, I was nervous because I was like five miles of uphill, an hour 40. I'm like, I'm in big, tr- I'm like, I'm going to be chasing cutoffs all day. And Eric's like, you'll be fine. They have cutoff for the very first section. Yeah. I don't know that he enforces it though. Um, Ian's it's pretty, just more of a check. Yeah. Ian's pretty cool. Um, and because there's the hundred mile race, at least yeah. there always has been hopefully next year. So register for the hundred miler. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, he is pretty cool. And so as long as you are still moving and not yeah. like seriously injured, yeah, it's just a check. Really. Right. Okay. Um, I was like, but Whoa. I still was really nervous about it. I was like, Oh God, can I, am I going to make it? And I came through that first section in like an hour and 10 minutes or something. Um, and by that point I didn't need a headlamp anymore. I'm like, take this. And I literally was in the aid station for like a minute. Yeah, um, and you were just cruising, like, all day like that. Yeah, and, and that's I... That's how you did. You beat all of your estimates by, yeah. like, 15, 20 well, minutes. Well, not all of them. <laughs> uh, well, I mean... The majority of them. But that's the thing. Yeah, you yeah. Might, There's the alpine section, there's the alpine section. Yeah. Everybody seemed to have a bad time there. It was tough. Yeah, and um, so, the overall, I mean, if there's other highlights you want to hit, I mean, but I think, I guess what I was going to say is you, you did a great job throwing this all together um in your write-up um but if there's something else that you want to hit i i'd like to look at like what did that race as a whole do for you i think i think the biggest thing for me is that hills don't scare me so like in the past like i said it would be like oh there's a hill and there's a flat section (laughs) No brainer, we're going flat. And now it's like, well, there's a hill and we're going to go climb that because it's going to make us stronger. And it might be slow, but you're going to eventually get stronger at it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um. So I think for me, that was a big part of it. And then just confidence, like, to be able to finish as strongly as I finished. I mean, I ran the first marathon in like 630. Right, yeah. So really it was a pretty even split race. Um, which I did not anticipate and I never do that because I always go out too hard in the beginning. Um, and so I just didn't anticipate feeling as strong as I did at the end. Um, and that last section, like I came into the aid station and it was like, Eric was there, Laura was there, Danielle, Jeff, Valone, Valones, both of them. Um, and I was like, oh, I should say hello. And then I was like, no, I don't have time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, change my shirt, 
grab a grab a snack and Eric was like take your headlamp and I'm like I don't need this and I ended up needing it so it's good to have um but I was like see you guys at the finish line and that was it like I was gone um and I was running like running running not hobbling not walking like I was able to go at some point you changed from I hope I can make 14 hours to I got I got some things I got to do now. Yeah, and I mean I was looking at my watch and I'm like, well, sub 13 is maybe within my reach. Um and as I got onto the trail every time any incline I was like, yep, nope. That's done. We're we're walking that. Um and I w- but I was crushing the downhills like there were guys, I mean I caught probably five or six people in that last section. Um and it was all guys and they were like, you're you're crushing that. What are you doing? And women like, are women are such better downhill and runners it's, than I don't know if it's just center of gravity no, it's not. or it's, hips it's or skills. It's it's just plain old skills. Women are just such better downhill runners. Well, than they that. kept catching Their me hips though. Hips are forward. Yeah, that's it. Seriously, it's a I hips thing. I'm sure it's part of it. Yeah. I'm sure, but there's there's also, I think maybe there's just less mass, but it's also they're they're not. They're not beating on their body as much. I don't know, but yeah. there are there are so Something many factors. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, even at the most elite levels. I mean, Emily Forsberg's the best downhill runner there is, yeah. right? And and she just happened to hook up with the other best downhill runner, right? <laughs> uh, Killian. But I mean, Laura Records the same way. Yeah. When I and and even when she's not trying, yeah, it looks like she's not trying, right? And when she is trying, it looks the same way, right? And so I think that, you know, I, I would imagine it was the same for you. If we saw you at mile 10 and we saw you at mile 45 going downhill, yeah, it probably wouldn't Looked look much similar. different. Yeah. And it was yeah. funny because the guys kept catching me on the uphills. Right. And then we would hit the top and I would be like, peace. And then it became a game because I was like, you know what? You need to put enough distance between you and them on the downs and the flats so they don't catch you anymore on any of the ups. And so then it became like kind of a mental thing for me. Like, how do I get myself through this last chunk? Um, So, yeah, it was, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing is just not being scared of hills and just confidence in general, like knowing that. I mean, 50 miles is a long way to go. We joked, my dad and I used to joke about marathons because the first time I did a marathon, I'm like, there are restaurants I wouldn't drive 26 miles to go to. Like, oh, that's kind of far. I don't actually really want that food that bad. So like 50 miles, there's a lot of places I wouldn't go 50 miles for. (laughs) On certain days, I can't get up and go to the fridge. So... I and that's where the you. beer is. So I yeah. mean, that's those are bad days. <laughs> but but the, I think I think you make a you make a very valid point in that things you know we talk about this all the time, like mm-hmm. the respect for the distance. Yeah, like running, going out for just ten miles today. Yeah, is some people's life's goal to be able to run ten miles. Right, and so just climbing virtual over right. and over again. Like, yeah. Um, that's kind of a big deal. And now you did that. Yeah. Like, you know, like <laughs> it might whatever. not have always been quite that no big, but yeah, no, I think. And that was one of the other things, like when we were discussing which 50 I should do. And I, at one point I was like, Virgil's really hard. And then I was like, but if I do Virgil, pretty much any 50 that I do after Virgil is going to be like, you did Virgil. You yeah. can do this. Yeah. Like just train. You can do it. It's fine. And that's what people say about Twisted. Like, you did, you yeah. did Twisted Branch. You did Twisted Branch 100K. 
Go yeah. pick another 100K and go do it. Any 100K. <laughs> yeah, well, I've, I've picked one that might contest Twisted Branch. That's I'm, good. I mean, go big or go home. That's I, my theory. Because <laughs> I have friends that are better than me and they challenge me to these things. But you did that. You did yeah. Virgil. She had a choice of flat races and yeah. mm-hmm. it just wasn't, uh, it didn't line up like the, there was a challenge. You chose the challenge. Yeah. And well, then it was like super awesome when people were like, Really, you can do. You're gonna do Virgil, and then she went out and just crushed right. Virgil. So you could have saved it for Beast of Burden, right. fifty miler, right. you know, like and ran the canal four right. times. And it's funny because now, so like when I when I first started looking at things, I was like, Beast of Burden is really more my wheelhouse. Like this is more. Uh, and way. now I'm like, I don't think I don't know if I could ever do that because it's so flat. You know, well, and and the exposure. Like, yeah, for me, it's the exposure. It's, I mean, like, it's challenging in a completely different, a different way full-on thing yeah. right and that's like i don't know if i could do not on trail where i feel like for, i feel like for really good people mm-hmm. beast of burden you know like is like a 5k yeah you know get it over before the Quick. hurting starts yes you know <laughs> yeah and I, that's what I I like tried. to savor my hurt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need something where I can really just enjoy it for like a good 20 miles. Yeah. Yeah. Just bring it all in. Yeah. <laughs> Get acquainted with it. You know? Yeah. That's, that's sort of my thought as well. I just. Yeah, get it done. Why you paid all this money? Yeah, just, just get more bang for your buck. <laughs> <laughs> so did that has this has this experience emboldened you, or has it really just kind of solidified what what you've been learning all about yourself is that you can do these things, or and, have you now reset goals higher? I think a little bit just solidified that I can do it. Um, because that's always been a thing, like, you know, Eric's had a, to register me for it's things. Always, it's always been a little bit of jelly, but yeah, you know, it's, yeah. Okay. And so this is, and then also like setting goals higher. So now I'm looking at Menden 50k, which I'm doing in what four weeks? I think. Um, I think it's yeah. four weeks. Jeez, damn, I wish it's it was really, like six weeks. <laughs> yeah, I know. Me too. <laughs> me too. Um, but yeah, like I'm looking at it and I'm like, there's no reason that I can't take significant time off of my time from last year. I'm better in aid stations. I'm better on hills. These hills are nothing compared to the Alpine loop. Like this is nothing. These hills this course, are fun. Yeah, like this hor- course is nothing compared to what I just did. So there's no reason that I can't be quicker. Um, unless I just on race day decide that I don't care, which yeah. is cool too. But, like, it's it's nice to be able to look at that. A race that I initially said was just, like... Impossible. Yeah. I mean, I used to train on that course with them, with Eric and, like, that, you know, Jen, Lisa Murphy. We used to all go out, and they would do multiple loops, and I would do one and be done. I would be like, one loop is good for me. I'll see you guys back at the car in four hours. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, yeah, five loops. Okay. Yeah, and I... I um... After those long extended climbs, um, I see really the Menden loops as like little fun roller coaster loops. Yeah, you know? it's not that like, bad. You're going up, you're going down. It is bad in, yes. in the sense of I don't understand how Brian Thomas can actually <laughs> control the weather. No like, joke. Like, I don't understand did, if yeah. he sold parts of his soul. Like, <laughs> I don't know, but the weather for that race yeah, is always re- always is always ridiculous. Yeah, and it adds that element. And so, mm-hmm. um, 
I think I'm going to end up doing it this year because, well, why the hell not? Uh, right. Um, and uh, one I, more loop. One, one, more. <laughs> one more loop. I mean, I've done it. I've I've done uh, training. I've done four loops of that thing there just just for giggles. Um, so that's yeah. definitely a place to go for giggles. <laughs> it's the horsies they make me giggle. It's the horsies and dodging horsey poop. Yeah, and so that so you feel like okay, you're gonna you're gonna actually like. And, and as much as we do, race, mending. Yeah. You're going to go out there and, and give it a go. Yeah, and have fun. And it's it's a cool local race. There's mm-hmm. lots of people mm-hmm. that you know popping up in random places on the mm-hmm. trail, like at the top of a hill where mm-hmm. you want to kill them because they're like, yay, we're taking pictures of you going up this hill. Yep. So, so do you think 50 miles is your new normal, or is this something you'll just dabble in and... Kind of mess around with and maybe 50Ks is your new normal? Or? I'm not really sure. Um, yeah. I like the longer distance. I think it suits me. I think it's where my strengths lie. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not f- particularly fast, quote unquote. I know that that's all relative. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that I'm particularly fast, but I know that I can go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can keep going. Yeah. Even when I want to stop, I can keep going. So I don't know 50 miles is kind of hard on your body, I guess. Um, so I'm not sure how often I would want to do it. 50 K seems like a nice quote unquote, easy mm-hmm. distance. Well, well, and again, it's relative. Right? Yeah. But yeah. I've, I've really taken to the, um, further and not faster yes. kind of mentality. Yeah. Although I found that that makes me feel a little bit comfortable when I'm going slower. Yes. And I, yeah. It's okay <laughs> to go slow. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah. you got to fix some of that. There's a balance somewhere. Yeah, there. for sure. Because if you're running Menden at 14 minute miles, like maybe you could go a little bit faster. Maybe you can't. Yeah. But um, But I think it's all about pushing yourself to yeah, like that's how what fast I was can say. you go? Are you comfortable? Right. And and, and can you push yourself to be a little yeah. uncomfortable right. once in a while? Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Agreed. So I don't know, we'll see, but um I I did not finish this race saying never again. Yeah. So there's that. <laughs> well, you finished this. It looked to me like you finished this race with smiling and taking, I, you know, smiling until I cried again. Well, I mean, that was my spot to cry. Given up, you're giving up puking, <laughs> and I just cry now. Yeah. Much like Sheila's fifty miler, we uh, we covered a lot of ground in not a lot of time. So. I hope you all appreciate the expedient nature of our conversation. Um, but if you found it hard to uh, keep up with all of the various races and names that Sheila was dropping the whole time, don't worry. We got you covered. Uh, there are extensive show notes for this episode on the website at www.runninginsideoutpodcast.com slash podcast. Just uh, go to the website and find Sheila's episode 14, and there you can find links to all the races and all the names that Sheila mentioned. And additionally, you can find her write-up on uh, her experience at Virgil Crest, which is an amazing read. So I, I'm, I know I'm using the word amazing a lot here, but Sheila did some great work out there, and she paid attention the whole time she was doing it. So she has the before, the during, and the after all written up in very pleasingly excruciating detail. So go give that a read because that's pretty solid. 
Okay, and so now let's get to those promised live interviews from the Ready, Set, Glow race. The first interview that you'll hear are um, from Brian Kelly and Mark Frank uh, together. You'll notice we start this one just a touch late, but we're working on our live interviewing skills. So um, I hope you enjoyed these guys. they kind of trade the microphone back and forth, and they talk about um, being rather new to trail running and enjoying RSG. And then the second uh, interview is Laura Howard. Is this your first run? This is uh, my second run. This is my second run, uh, two years in a row, and I, I had a complete blast this time around. I, it's, it's a very technical race, and I'm not really considered a runner. So I went out there, I went out there and I, I just tried to have fun. Yeah. And with the, these group of people right here, it's it's hard not to have fun. Right. <laughs> so how did you do? What was your favorite part? Um, I think my favorite part was in the beginning trying to follow these guys around. Um, but other than that, I, the, the entire race, I, I just love the whole thing. You, you have to pay attention t- uh, through the entire race yeah. because you've got all the stumps or you've got different routes. You, it, it, like I mentioned before, it's so technical that you have to pay attention. Um and that, that, to me, was fun. Yeah, cool. And so two in a row, right? Two in a row. Very nice. And your name is? Mark Frank. Hey, Mark. Hey. It's my first one. Yeah? Yeah. Very cool. And it's very unique. And there's probably nothing quite like this that I've ever done with uh, people glowing in the dark <laughs> and having to wear headlamps uh, running was new to me. And uh, just everything about it was really fun. These trails are so squirrely here. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. You have to be on every second, you know, so you watch your footing. But yet you also get a feel for all the people because you can see them, you know, glowing in the forest. <laughs> That's really cool. And did Up you, and down the hills. Did you imagine yourself, like, cruising like a race car, running around the curves? Uh, yes. I, I always imagine myself as being a, these are mountain bike trails, and I pretend I'm a mountain bike going <laughs> going up and down, especially down. <laughs> what about you, BK? I can't wait to do it again next year. <laughs> Very cool. I can't wait to do it again, too. Like you said, the people are so so much fun. And just with all this glow paraphernalia, and I had some rings that were lighting up, and uh, you know it was it was just so different. So you know it holds your interest the entire time, and it never gets boring, right, Brian? It's just absolutely not. You can't get if you get bored, you get in trouble. Yeah, you would be in trouble, and you may hit the dirt. <laughs> yeah, you're wrapped with attention, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But in, cool. in a good way, you know, yeah. in a good way, yeah. And I, I, I myself got in with a really good, strong, but very even-paced group, and they kept me going because, like I said, this was my first one. I'm sure they were all very experienced runners because their pace was so perfect, and, and they, they really inspired me to keep going and keep going, and I, I'm just so happy. I'm very happy with my, my placing, my time, and the whole event in every way. Now, had you ever run in the dark before this? I I had run in the dark, but not too, you know, this was many years ago, one one time or so. So perfect for a beginner. 
Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Well, Thanks. thanks a lot, guys. Thank you, well, thank you. Thank you to Eric Egan and Sheila Egan. We had a great time tonight. And, uh, thank you. <laughs> looking forward to it again. Next year, same weekend. Very cool. Thank you very thank much. Thank you, Eric. Thank you. Bye. I'm taking off. This is still recording. I think he's listening, but I'm not really sure. So I'm just going to talk and fill space because I like to fill space until he hits the pause button. If he doesn't hit the pause button, it's going to be a little weird because I don't really have anything particular I want to talk about. But, um, you know, Dryer Road Park was a nice park tonight. We had to leaf blow a few leaves, and then um, people started to show up, and we checked them in. We get, oh, oh, hey, I'm saying goodbye to people. <laughs> no, I'm just filling space. Nice job, man. Oh, thank you. Thank you thank for you. an awesome event. Thanks really for coming out for us. Bye. Bye. Oh, good job. Awesome. Good job. Laura Howard, you just ran Ready, Set, Glow. I did. It was so <laughs> awesome. Now, this is your first race back in a long time, right? Yes. I so, Since, basically, Ontario Summit. Well, so there you go. So... It's a heck of a race to come back to, right? Yes, I was really looking forward to it. Yeah, was it fun? It was awesome. I love this race. I've done it every year. Um, and I think every year I'm able to run it a little bit more aggressively. So it kind of shows me that I can still make progress. With all the twists and the turns and the windy road I and think everything. I do better in that than I do on a straight road. I do better when it's windy and twisty than I do on a straight road. So I had so much fun. Very cool. Yeah. Now, now, were you, like, racing this thing? Were you cruising? I was going aggressively. I never like to say I'm racing because you never know how you're actually going to feel when you start going. But I wanted to prove to myself that I could do more than I've done in a long time. So it was kind of a, a test against myself. And I think I, I, I definitely passed. You came flying in here. You yeah, I was like, yes, you and your glowing tutu. <laughs> I know. Everybody's been talking. They're like, tutu girl, tutu. It was, it was glowing. It what? was like lit up. Oh, that's cool. Really, very cool. I kind of wish I could have seen myself. <laughs> well, you know, ideally, we did have photographers on the True. Glow. I don't so. usually get captured on, with the photographers for whatever reason. So maybe tonight was different. Yeah. yeah. So overall, this is a pretty good party, right? Absolutely. Trails Rock always does such a phenomenal job putting on an event, and this is no exception to the rule. So. Yeah, I really am enjoying this glowy, fun. I'm enjoying John's story <laughs> I on <know>. the microphone. <laughs> I can't imagine anyone or anywhere else I'd rather be with tonight than this community and, at, you know, out on the trail. So, Yeehaw. yeah, well, thank, thank you. Bye-bye. Yep, there you go. That's uh, that's RSG in a nutshell. I really enjoyed uh, doing that live interview, so I think we're going to try to do a few more of those in the future, too. Liven this place up a little bit, you know, straight from the trails and all that jazz. And about that other news that I mentioned with regards to gussying up the website, I added a new page out there, a new feature, I guess, if you will, uh, it's a race calendar, and the idea there is that we'll be building up a local races race calendar, ideally to contain all of the races in the area. Um, right now, it's very small, and it only has a few races, but if you uh, are a race director or if you happen to just be a big fan of races and you want to uh, help, there is a submit a race form out there that you can fill out. Also, um, just go check it out and look at the list view, which is sortable by distances and types of race. Or check out the calendar, which just gives you a full month view of all the races that are on the calendar. Let me know what you think about this. This is a new thing, and I'm not quite sure how it'll go, but boy, it sure would be great to have one 
uh, localized resource for all of our races. Um, so that's the first thing. The second thing is going through the feedback and talking with people about the show and everything. By far, the biggest question that I always get is, um, boy, that's, it's something that amounts to, like, that's a lot of work. Uh, how can I help? Or, man, how do you do all that? You probably should get some help. And they're not talking about psychological help, I don't think. Um, so first, I just want to say thanks to everyone that has offered assistance um, and say thanks to those friends who have provided feedback, answered my uh, late-night questions, um, tested out new things, or uh, anybody that has just taken the time to say thank you or share the podcast. Those are extremely helpful things to me. However, I, I do also want to provide a real answer uh, to the question of how can I help. So I set up a page that explains various things that you, the faithful listener, can do to help out if you are so inclined. Um, and the page is called Support the Show. So you can go out and it's on the main navigation bar. It just says Support the Show. And on there are a few ways to help, and including uh, simply spreading the word, um, maybe even going the little extra distance to help someone get the podcast into their ears. If they're not a regular podcast listener, showing them how to subscribe or uh, load it onto their iPod, that's that's kind of a, a really big deal. Um, and then there's uh, some interesting financial options if that also happens to be your style. One of those is Patreon. It's crowdsourcing that allows people that are interested in supporting creators um, regularly provide those creators with uh, a stream of funding. And um, each month, uh, I'm going to be thanking Patreon supporters and giving them a shout-out and just generally giving out, like, Kickstarter-y type things, um, greetings, and very, you can have your own uh, running inside-out silhouette. Uh, there's also a level for sponsorship if you have an event that you'd like to have regularly mentioned or a group you'd like to have regularly promoted. The craziest level is that um, if you regularly pledge at the highest level, you could run your own show. So um, I'm not sure, again, with these new things, how they're going to end up. It's a bit of an experiment, but we'll, uh, we'll see where it goes from here. And um, just trying to find creative, interesting ways um, to experiment with the show and with uh, people's engagement and things like that. So again, feedback is certainly welcomed and I'm very interested to see what you all think about this new direction as well. And you'll never believe we already got three Patreon supporters for the show. So I wanted to take one second to thank the very first three intrepid supporters that uh, pretty much signed up uh, before I could even get the page live. Um, well, they couldn't do that, but as soon as I got the page live. Um, so a very large thank you to Matt Bertrand, uh, Jeff Green, and Mike Fallone, who um, incidentally were all guests on this podcast at one point or another. So um, thanks for your support in both ways, fellas. Uh, I really appreciate it. So even if you're not into the whole financial thing, if that's not your deal, um, go out and check out the page if you uh, have ever asked that question. How can I help? There's a few things out there. Um, and again, just plain old thank you for listening. Um, so I think that's going to wrap up this particular episode of the show. So 
Thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for sharing this with your friends. Thank you for participating on the Facebook page. Um, please like the Facebook page if you haven't yet. It really kind of gives me a idea of where we're, who's who's interested and where we're going with this thing. Uh, feel free to rate the show on iTunes. Um, and most importantly, again, keep getting out there and keep creating these new running stories because without those, we don't have anything to talk about. Uh, with that, be thankful for what you've been given. Be proud of what you've achieved and let go of what you've lost. See you out there.